Boom. Hello and welcome to the Executive Protection Lifestyle Podcast with your host, Byron Rogers. This podcast is dedicated to the executive protection practitioner, the private security professional. In this podcast, we're going to talk about the mental, emotional, psychological, physiological fitness that goes into being an efficient and effective executive protection agent. Whether you're in law enforcement, whether you're a mom that's looking at how to protect her children or a father that's focused on how to protect his family, I believe this podcast has something for all of you. We might even get into some tales from the crypts of true Hollywood stories from time to time. I'm doing this podcast because I feel the reality of this job is simple. If you really want to be good at executive protection, it's more than just a job. It really is a lifestyle. And those of you who've been in the game for any serious amount of time, you already know what I'm saying is true. So if that sounds interesting to you, Enjoy the show. Out. Boom. What's going on, guys? Byron Rogers here today. We're going to do something a little bit different. Executive protection lifestyle. It's about executive protection. It's about private security, but it's also about the lifestyle behind what it is we're into. You know what I mean? And so every once in a while, I like to break off and put something down on um, a little bit of motivation, a little bit of inspiration, a, a little bit of what I believe is behind every efficient and effective, you know, executive protection agent, a solid paradigm, uh, good values, the types of things that really increase the profitability, but really increase the quality of a human being's life, you know? And so today I've got this poem by Rudyard Kipling and it's called If, and it's been kind of floating around the internet a little bit now, and a few guys have talked about it, but I just want to take a few minutes and break it down line by line, bar by bar, because I really genuinely, I know that, that it's got some really good stuff in it. So without any further ado, here is the poem. It's called If, and that's because most of the lines are called, are, are begun with If, but it's a pretty outstanding poem. If you can keep your head when all about you are losing theirs and blaming it on you. So this poem is basically about life. It's about what it takes to survive and what it takes to ultimately become a man. The author talks about many different kind of like trials and tribulations that, you know, you go, go through on the inevitable journey to success. You know, a good friend said it to me uh, a while back that success takes about 10 years. Overnight success takes about 10 years. And it's just true. It's absolutely true. You know, the thing that I am now having relative success with, I've been working on for, I mean, the EP game, I've been in, in the EP game for 10 years. You know, I've been doing like the online marketing and social media stuff for about 10 years, you know, and it's just starting to all kind of really work. The EP thing I've been, you know, I've been blessed to have a pretty good, a good career. in. so, you know, that's been the grace of God, but I'd say in a lot of different areas in life, overnight success takes about 10 years. And that's because there's a process necessary uh, and that's designed to help you become the person you're supposed to be on the road to your own greater destiny, purpose, and future. And so, you know, if you take a guy who's, you know, at a guard position and you just put him on an EP detail because he's a good dude, like you just meet a guy and you're like, man, this is a really good guy and I really want to hook him up. And I really want to help him. And you just put him um, at a, a higher place of responsibility in this game, he's going to fail. And it's going to be kind of a catastrophic failure because he hasn't had time to really uh, develop himself and become the person who's on the level to be able to deal with all the different responsibilities and uh, different components that are necessary in order to be a good executive protection agent. So, you know, I believe that 10 year process for a lot of things that are highly valuable is just what it takes to adequately allow a human being to develop in all the different ways they need to develop in order to be able to maintain success at whatever level it is they're aiming. So if you can keep your head when all about you are losing theirs and blaming it on you, if you can keep your cool when everyone else around is losing their cool and they're trying to say it's your fault. The funny thing is, you know, people that are not grounded and that lose their cool very often it's like they don't realize that they're the problem in many cases. And the reason this is, this is very important is because if you don't stay grounded when other people around you are losing their cool and are not grounded and are panicking and are freaking out, you're just going to add to the mayhem. You're going to add to the chaos. You're going to add to the failure that is whatever organism you're working with. You know what I mean? Like 
in order for success to be acquired, stay cool, stay calm, prioritize and execute. That's the whole entire game. So when people are freaking out all around you, don't lose your cool. Keep keep it calm. Do no harm in the private security game. Do no harm. Don't throw anyone under the bus. There's a time for everything, but usually it's not time to throw people under the bus. Usually it's time to help people understand what they did wrong and how they can do better. If you can trust yourself when all men doubt you, but make allowances for their doubting too. The reality of this game is men are going to doubt you. Most everyone's going to doubt you. Like seriously, your friends and family are going to doubt you. Your friends and family are probably going to be the last people in the game who even believe in you. Okay. And then that's something that takes a lot to learn when it comes to working on, you know, moving towards your success and your own greater destiny, purpose, and future, because you want your friends and family to be the most supportive people in your life. You want your friends and family to be the ones that like are your die hard support structure because they are your support structure and they've been your support structure. But what you're going to notice is when you start to move outside of their comfort zones and their realm of what they believe they are capable of and their potential, what you're going to find is a lot of them might have an adverse reaction to that. And a lot of them won't be as supportive as you, as you would like for them to be. And the other thing is too, you know, they know you, like they know who you are. They know who you've been. So for them to believe you're going to accomplish these new things and be this a whole other person is a much farther leap than for people who don't know you to believe it, you know? So you've really got to pay attention and to, to, to how that affects you. You can't let it poison you that the people that love you and that mean well to you might be the ones who are the most discouraging because they genuinely don't want you to experience pain. They genuinely don't want you to experience a failure. They genuinely don't want you to experience rejection. They probably love you, but they know you're not that good. Or they don't believe that you can lose the weight that you got to lose because they can't lose the weight that they've got to lose. You know what I mean, like, and so people remember, you can't outperform your paradigm. You can't outperform your self-concept. You can't outperform your mindset. So when, when you're trying to do something that's beyond what most people can do, the reality of the game is they can't believe in you because they can't even believe in, in it for themselves. It's something that I found painful in the beginning of my journey. And it's something that I have found uh, really causes a lot of people pain, you know. And the other thing is, you know, you've got to make all of them believers through your actions, you know, because if they've known you your entire life and while you've been young and stupid, they're really going to have to see the proof in the pudding before they convert. And it's not weird for them to be standing in a room full of people who, who, who are following you, who believe in you, who are saying your name before they say, you know what? Wow, this really is a real thing. You did a good job. You really have done good, you know, and they come to your first event or something like that. And they really realize that, wow, okay. It looks like you really, you really have made it. Wow. You know, even Jesus said a prophet is not without honor except in his own home. So, you know, even he experienced it and he was healing people of, uh, of, you know, external like, uh, illnesses and whatnot. So if you can trust yourself when all men doubt you, but make allowances for their doubting too. this part, make allowances for their doubting too, is kind of like, to me, it means all men are going to doubt you you've got to be able to trust yourself. And there's a lot to be said for trusting yourself, man, because it can be done from an arrogant place, but it can also be done from a confident place. Remember, arrogance and confidence are different. Arrogance is inaccurate confidence. Confidence is knowing what you can do. Arrogance is thinking you can do more than you can do, which then makes you inaccurate, right? And if you become inaccurate in reality, you make a mistake, you fall because you can't see clearly inaccurate confidence is arrogance. And that's why pride comes before fall because, you know, that inaccuracy is what causes you to slip, trip, stumble, and it can really be bad. But what's most important is that you trust yourself regardless as that's happening and make allowances for their doubting too. make room for their doubting too. To me, it means listen to their doubts, take their doubts seriously. Don't just throw them away and be like, oh, well, you know, these guys don't believe in me. I can't believe that they don't believe in me. And be like, I'm not going to listen to that. It's negative And I don't listen to negative stuff. No, don't do that. Make allowances for their doubting. Take notes of what it is that they doubt about it. Work on the things that it is that they say they doubt about you being able to do it. Find out why they don't think you can do it. You got to remember, they know you. So their opinion generally, many people's opinion is not null and void unless they have an agenda. But even your haters who do have an agenda have a superpower to be able to see exactly what's wrong with your stuff. 
And so, you know, when I, when I run into haters, which actually surprisingly isn't really that often, but when I run into haters, what I do is I listen to them real well, you know, and I look for any validity I can come up with within what they're hating on. Cause sometimes they got legit hates. You know what I mean? Like I'm not perfect. I'm not doing all this stuff. Perfect. I'm just doing the best I can. I'm just doing the best what I can. You know, I'm just, you know, uh, um, trying to contribute, you know, and it ain't perfect. And I know I misspell stuff sometimes and, um, just misspell things sometimes. And I know that I, I make mistakes, post stuff that isn't quite, you know, hundred percent, you know, uh, grammatically correct and things like that. Or, but I make allowances for all that and I'm not rigid about it. And I think that's really how you stay, stay in this game and stay on fire, stay cooking with tartar sauce is you got to be willing to sacrifice who you are at any moment for who you can become. You cannot idolize or fall in love with anything you've done, no matter how tight it is, because the second that deed is done, it's over. Now the game is about what can you do today? What have you done for me lately? You know, bump you, pay me. That's the game. The second those rounds are downrange. Yeah, you hit the bullseye. You hit the bullseye once upon a time. You know what I'm saying? If you can wait and not be tired by waiting or be or being lied about, don't deal in lies. The reality of the game is you're going to be waiting. You're going to be waiting for many different things over the course of your journey. You're going to be waiting for people to do their part sometimes, but you want to avoid at all costs. You're going to be waiting for so many different things. You're going to be waiting for yourself to get good enough. You're going to be waiting for permits. You're going to be waiting for all these different things, you know, but you can't get tired of waiting. You got to keep on going. And, 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 and a lot of that waiting is for, for development to take place. You know, you get these projects that just take you time and you need to just fire through them and work through them or being lied about. Don't deal in lies, you know, do no harm. This goes back to what I've said in, 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 you know, a number of different podcast episodes, do no harm. Someone lies about you, you can fight it, but it makes it look like you're getting defensive sometimes, depending on how you do it. Don't fight fire with fire when it comes to bad deeds, though. When it comes to negative or, or, or not respectable behavior, don't fight fire with fire. Do no harm. Because what ends up happening is lies have short lifespans. And so it's just literally a matter of time until that lies lifespan dies and people see you still being consistent, still being congruent, still being exactly who you told them you were from the beginning and uh, not being who you told them you weren't and not being who the other person said you were, you know, win the long game, the long game is the most valuable game. The long game is the most validating game. So when being lied about, don't deal in lies, guys, just continue being consistent. I promise you, you will win in the long run. I have won a number of battles that way or being hated. Don't give way to hating. That's really straightforward. I think with this one, the key is to understand. I believe through understanding and having a bird's eye view and zooming way out, you can usually find compassion. You know, someone hates me, I zoom out, you know, I, I disassociate, I don't take it personal and I think like, okay, why does this person hate me? And I take another step back. Why is this person calling me the N word? You know, um, I don't care. Like, <laughs> you're not going to move me with that trash. Like I got so much, I, I'm on such a different level. Like your words are not going to cause me to jeopardize my freedom, my future. Your words are not powerful enough to even come close to getting me to, to react because you hurt my feelings and I'm just not going to let anyone hurt my feelings. No, no, absolutely not. Honestly, it's too, too evolved for that crap. Like I, I don't have time for any of that. You drop the N word on me. I'm going to probably giggle. I'm going to look at you. I wonder what your problem is. I'm going to find it humorous um, because it's so irrelevant. You know, I'm not one. And the reality is that most people are really telling you more about themselves and their relationship with themselves in the way they treat you than they are really telling you anything about yourself. Most of the time people are treating you only as good as they know how to treat themselves. And most of the time people are treating you like someone doing something like that. It says more about uh, deficiency, an inadequacy, an ignorance, a pain, a uh, warped perspective, uh, a malness inside of them than it does anything having to do with me. You know what I mean? So for those types of situations, you know, I find compassion, believe it or not. You know, because it would suck. It really would. It does suck to go through life being like that, acting like that. It goes through life being so, so, so ignorant that 
that's the best tool you have to solve whatever problems at hand. It, it being so juvenile and powerless that, you know, acting like that in any way, shape or form, not even dropping the N-word, just being stressed out or, you know, becoming aggressive or, uh, you know, being mean or short with someone, it just sucks. It's a sucky way to live your life. You know, your tools, those, that, that, that's your go-to tool in any real situation. You know what I mean? You're, you're living at a higher threshold of stress all the time. It's just immature and, and it's not a powerful tool. So you're probably experiencing a lot of frustration in life, you know? So being hated, don't give way to hating. Find compassion. Zoom out. You know, I've had some talks with some guys who were like, I didn't like black guys because, you know, I just, where I was from, that's just what no one did, you know? Or other guys that were like, I didn't like black dudes because, you know, they jumped my sister on the way home from school when we were little, you know, like, Totally understandable, actually. You know what I mean? Like most people have reasons for the things they believe. They have experiential information in their minds. And what you need to do is you need to, when being hated, don't give way to hating. And you need to find compassion and and, and seek understanding and build a bridge of compassion. Give them a positive experience with, it, with what it is they hate and convert them is what you need to do. Be the bigger person because that's real strength. Anyone can pull a trigger. Anyone can knock somebody out. But like really how tactically sound is getting emotional because someone said words to you in, in, in any language. Like, is there a gun in my face? Like, are you threatening me? Like, is there any... I just don't understand how people allow words to cause them to make mistakes that negatively impact the trajectory of their lives. It's so ridiculously weak, pathetic, childish, and uh, and just juvenile and immature to me and tragic that people do it on a regular basis. Like, you know, this whole sticks and stones may break my bones thing that we used to say was was really, really like apparently now based on the intelligence level of most of, of much of society that we see on TV, it was like ancient wisdom, apparently. Anyways. Or being hated, don't give way to hating. And yet, don't look too good, nor talk too wise. That's important. You know, when you're doing something right, when you're killing the game, you know, and things are coming full circle and things are beautiful, a quick way to draw fire is to talk too good. You know what I'm saying? Look too good, walk too good, act too good, talk too wise, like, you know, just kind of everything. It's dangerous. It makes you a target. It talks about your arrogance. It showcases your arrogance. And arrogance and pride come before a fall. You've got to make room for others, I believe. You just have to consistently make room for others. You have to consistently appreciate others. You got to consistently not make it all about you. You know, there's a, the best way for me to explain it is there can't, they're, they're, especially in the team dynamic. Uh, of executive protection, you've got to understand that like teamwork really does make the dream work. Like the game for us really is a rising tide lifts all ships. Um, you know, your client comes up to you and says something and they're like, Hey, you know, good job with the detail. Good job with the advance. Great job. You know, when I got here, everything was locked on. Great job. You know, do not look too good. Do not talk too wise in that moment. You know what I'm saying? Take that moment to bring the whole team up, to strengthen the entire team. This kind of breaks into the social dynamic stuff I talk about because, you know, the reality is a lot of your strength is in the team when it comes to executive protection because the team is probably the most consistent and stable thing you have. Like your client may or may not like you tomorrow. You know what I mean? Like your team should be your safe space, should be, you should make your team culture so that you guys, no one takes the credit. The client can't even give credit to nobody because everybody's tossing it around like a hot potato. Hey, Byron, you did a really good job. Yeah, no, nah, man. I just, you know, Jeff, Jeff really, his advance work made this smooth. You know what I'm saying? And the rest of the guys did an awesome job too. Oh, Jeff, well, good job on the advance. And Jeff's like, yeah, and Byron, the way, you know, it's just easy because he already knows what to do half the time because he's already a vet. He's been in the game. You know, and then Cliff, you know, he he sets venues up nasty. So it was like pretty. It was like, I didn't even do anything. You know what I mean? Like, and you guys... That's the way to do it because then everybody on the team looks good. A rising tide lifts all ships at sea. And it also is really good for your employer and client to see that you guys have that selfless unit cohesion. It's going to be a warm and fuzzy for everybody involved. So don't talk too good. Don't look too wise. Don't take too much of the credit. Don't ever take credit, really, in my opinion. Don't ever take credit. It's a dangerous thing, actually. If you can dream and not make dreams your master, okay. So it's good to dream. It's good to have goals. It's good to want more. But in order to get more, 
you have got to be in reality. You have got to, I, it breaks my heart when I hear people talking about what they're going to do one day, someday, you know what I'm saying? Yo, yeah, man. Like someday I'm going to start my own restaurant and I'm going to, you know, I'm going to, and literally what they're doing is they're like psychologically, they're, they're thinking they're like kind of comforting themselves psychologically without any desire. Like they just know they're not, they're not planning on doing it. You know what I mean? But they're saying things to just massage themselves psychologically. And like, yeah, man, when I get my, this, when I get my, that, it's going to be awesome. You know, one day we're going to do this and that. And it really, really, it brings me a lot of pain because I can just, I feel those dreams inside them just dying and I can see what's going to end up happening. You're going to be saying this until it's too late. And they're going to be like those guys. Oh, what poem is that? Forever useless. You guys, you look that poem up sometime um, that, that stand up after their vigor is gone in order to finally do something. And they find that, that, that the muscles inside of them have atrophied and now they're doomed to be forever useless. And so, you know, any man can start something, any man can dream up something, but I believe what separates the men from the boys is a man's ability to follow through with a thing, to sustain a thing until he can complete that thing. Because here on this planet, the only thing that truly matters is what we do. So dreams are good. Dreams are, are great. But until they're written down and, they're, and, 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 and someone's trying to execute on them, dreams without goals, as Denzel says, remain dreams and only fuel disappointment. If you can think and not make thoughts your aim, this is something I find with smart people. Smart people are kind of tough to work with, in my opinion, and uh, they kind of don't get a lot done because they're so smart that they need everything to be perfect. And they get ready to 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 procrastinate. And they're just like getting the best plan and thinking and thinking it all the way through and thinking it all the way, the way to the way, way, way to the way, 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 way through. And they just think, and man, it's just going to be so perfect when they run into problems while they're thinking, because they think about all these different angles and there's all these different problems. They don't get anything done, you know? And then really what it is, a deep-seated fear of failure is really what it is. It's a fear of, am I good enough? Is this going to be good enough? And if I don't make it on my first attempt, it's going to be catastrophic and I can't do that. And that kind of ego lack of ego flexibility, lack of ego durability uh, keeps them in per, uh, analysis paralysis phase and they never really go on ahead and just get after it. Because when you start getting after it, listen, failure is literally part of the blueprint. Failure is literally a must. It's an, it's an absolutely, you can't get around it. You can't get over it. You got to go through it. The sooner you start, the sooner you finish, you need to fail to become. You go to the gym, uh, hopefully to get some sets of failure in there because those are the ones that get you really strong. Failure is part of the blueprint. Sometimes you win, sometimes you learn. That's the way you got to swerve. And this whole thinking thing, listen, faith without works is dead. And so you really, really genuinely need to get out of thinking and into action if you want to create or become anything during your time on this planet. The action is where it all happens. Action and learning, rinse and repeat. If you can meet with triumph and disaster and treat those two imposters just the same, triumph and disaster. If you can meet with triumph and disaster and treat those two imposters just the same, think about that. Why is that gangster? Because people think triumph and disaster are so different. And after you've been on the journey for a while, you start to realize something. Light implies dark, day implies night, life implies death, victory implies failure. In every single failure and challenge, there's a seed of victory. There's a seed of growth. There's a seed of, 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 of positive. And in every win, there's an op also an opportunity, a seed for loss. When you think nothing's wrong, when, you've, when you're on that mountaintop, it's when you relax because you just won, you just had a W that you're actually in the most danger, that you actually think you're so gangster that you don't have to worry about X, Y, and Z. Like it's the, the, the win is kind of what blinds you. The triumph is kind of what causes you to let up. The triumph, you get what you want. You get that pleasure. You get that dopamine and you chill out and you start hammering. You start going. 
Therefore, danger is always wrapped up in triumph. That's that danger is always wrapped up in triumph. Oh, you just did your last mission. It went so smooth. It went so well. You guys know what you're doing. You know what I'm saying? Just you can, you got it. You got it. You got it. Don't even worry about it. Your guard's a little, a little bit lower this time. Maybe you don't prepare as well because the last mission was such a triumph and disaster is, 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 is one of those things where things go terribly wrong, you know, and you don't realize the things you learn from disaster are so important that even though you have just suffered some type of disaster, you are learning things that are going to lead you to victory. You are learning the most valuable lessons that you can learn on your journey. You are learning things that you can give to other people later on down the road that are going to be absolutely in money, can't buy invaluable things. Triumph and disaster and treat both imposters just the same. The reality of triumph and disaster is what makes them positive or negative is, is not really the situation, the scenario so much as it is your perspective, your perception. To me, I can genuinely sit here and tell you whether you believe me or not, when I have a triumph, I'm like, okay, cool. Now what? Where's the heat coming from? Uh, good job, Byron. Lasts literally a matter of seconds. And then I'm back in the booth like, yo, can't get soft. Can't let it go. Oh, well, rounds down range. You did a good job last time. Ninja, let's go. Rounds down range. Doesn't matter anymore. What can you do today? And disaster, it's let's deconstruct this and let's find out exactly where the breakdown was so we can make sure it never, ever ever, 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 ever happens again. If you can bear the truth you've spoken, twisted by knaves to make trap for fools, there's just going to be times when the things you've said are going to come back to you inaccurate. You're going to hear other people talk about the things you said and your words are going to get twisted. And this goes back to the being lied about. If you can bear to hear the truth you've spoken, twisted, twisted by knaves, twisted by cowards, cowards, to make trapping for fools, to make those cowards and those fools uh, look right, look better, look better than they truly are. And in this EP game, this is true. This happens. Like, you know, you, 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 you for sure are going to have moments where you're going to look at the way things played out and people are going to be taking credit and people are going to be throwing each other under the bus. And I'm telling you, do no harm. Or watch the things you've given your life to broken and stoop down and build them up with worn out tools. I love that one. Or watch the things you've given your life to broken and stoop down and build them up with worn out tools. Everything you work for, everything you build. The reason I like entrepreneurs and reality creators and people that are out there, out front pushing outliers. The reason I like these people is because when you're creating something, it's very difficult to be what it's very difficult not to be a realist. You have to be a realist. You, because every time you make your little ship, you make your little idea, your little idea, and you come up with your little, this is going to be so cool. And people are going to love it. It's going to help so many people. I'm going to be remembered for doing something cool. It's going to help people. And like, it's just going to be awesome. And everyone's going to give a dang about my idea, my stuff. Cause it's so cool. It's the best idea ever. Then you take your little ship and you put a little sail on it. You put it in the water and then it sinks. Okay. Because the reality is reality is its own litmus test. Reality is a test that, 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 it, 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 it's its own crucible. And so if it's almost impossible to be inaccurate, if you're trying to create and contribute something that's in alignment with your potential, because reality will return it back to you until you get the combination, until you get the formula, correct? Reality will turn, return it to you broken and it doesn't care. And the crowd will not react when your crowd, you win your freedom. The crowd will not react. It won't hold, it won't hold water. It won't flow. It won't, whatever it'll, it will, reality will give it back to you. So if you can bear or watch the things you've given your life to, and you're giving your life to these things, you're working on them day and night, watch the things you've given your life to broken and stoop down and build them up with worn out tools. That's the game. That is reality creation. That is going after what you want. You create your business. Reality chews it up and spits it out. Well, it's time to stoop down and try again. That failure was inevitable, it was necessary because you can't outperform your, your paradigm and you need to learn more in order to get better. And now you need, you know one thing you need to learn in order to get what it is you really want. That's the game. 
that's the game. If you can make one heap of all your winnings and risk it on one turn of pitch and toss, if you can make one heap of all your winnings and risk <laughs> it on one turn of pitch and toss, if you can take all the hard work that you've worked for and everything you've done, and this is one I'm, I won't say that I'm very good at, I generally don't do this, and you can take it all and you can go all or nothing in and lose and come back and fight again and lose and start again to your beginnings and never breathe a word about your loss. That's gangster, man. You know, it's like all these, all these famous entrepreneurs you hear about, like, Hey, you know, how many times have you gone bankrupt? They've gone bankrupt a number of times. How many times have you, you know, lost a business or gone out of business? It's, it's always like multiples of times. How many businesses did you start before you were successful? It's like, I thought the average number was like 18 or something like that. Um, during a Brian Tracy interview, he was talking to some millionaires he was talking to. Um, but if you can make one heap of all your winnings and risk it on one turn of pitch and toss, if you can take everything you've, you've won, believe in yourself enough to gamble it and go for it and try and build your business and go out and lose and start again at your beginnings and never breathe a word about your loss. And it's so true because you find yourself once again at your beginnings because what happens is this life's about your character and who you're becoming. And so I think that life will take everything away from you and make you have to recreate what it is you just created in order for you to prove to yourself, in order for you to understand that that's actually in you, that you actually have the potential and the power to do that. And it boosts your self-concept and it boosts your self-confidence and who you know you are and what you know you're capable of. And, 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 and start again at your beginnings and never breathe a word about your loss. And don't run around bleeding out, talking to everyone about, oh, this poor me, this used to happen. You don't have the right character yet. You don't have the right character yet. All that matters is that you make it. Once you've made it, then you can talk, you can mention that. You know what I mean? But until then, you're just pushing. It means nothing to you. Sometimes you win, sometimes you learn. Sometimes you win, sometimes you learn. If you can force your heart and nerve and sinew to serve your turn long after they are gone, if you can force your heart and nerve and sinew to serve your turn long after they are gone. And so hold on when there is nothing in you except the will which says to them, hold on. So you can force your heart. So basically, if you can force everything in you to produce, to put out, to go, to hold on longer, far longer, you know, I can only do like 50, 60 push-ups. If you can do 300 push-ups, I can only, I can't stay up that late. I can't work that hard. No, you need to go. You like, and the, you know what? It's, it's the truth because what happens on the road to success, there's a, in the very beginning, it take, honestly, I think it takes about five years for you to realize how hard you actually have to work to win. Like literally it's like, like you're like, Oh, I want this idea. And the idea is like a, it's like a hot chick. You know what I mean, like the idea is like a, an, an attractive spouse. And you're like, I really want this idea. And you're like, this is really great. It's going to be good. And I'm going to like find my purpose. It's going to be great. Then you like get in here and you start working on it. And like, you really don't even have the slightest clue uh, as to how hard it is to achieve or accomplish what it is you're going after. Then you're like, man, I got to work hard. Oh, and you start fighting. You're like, I got to work really hard. Oh, and you start fighting. And then you, know, you keep fighting. You're like, man, I'm going to get this. I'm going to work so hard. Then you get to a certain point and it's like, all of a sudden you like fight your way to a clearing and then you can see like a part of the journey and you're like, oh my gosh. And then you realize like you make a little bit of progress and then you realize like, oh my gosh, this is how hard I'm actually going to have to work to achieve this goal. Like people do this for things that they love. Like people, do, like all these other guys at the tops of these mountains over here, they did this to get up there. Then there's this moment where you realize, like not even a moment, it's like a constant unfolding. But you have to have this little bit of success. So it's kind of like this carrot and you're like, man, but if I can just do this, it'd be so awesome. You just kind of keep going. And then really what ends up happening is you don't have to go that whole distance that, you know, uh, what happens is like after a while, the journey becomes what's most valuable. Yeah, I've got, you know, my six pack exactly how I want it right now, but I love going to the gym. I go to the gym, go to go to the gym. I run to the pain now because I've unlocked the potential. I've found the purpose in my process. So I have unlocked the potential of that process. I love that. 
you know, and then, and then the, the game whole entire game changes. It takes on a life of itself. And then you're cooking with tartar sauce. Then you're drinking grape sodas. You know what I'm saying? That's when everything gets different. You know what I'm saying? But until then, you've got to go. And the reality is from your current state and from your current place on the road to your own greater destiny, purpose, and future, at your current vantage point, you cannot see the mountaintop. You see the mountain through sight, through vision. You envision the mountaintop. But the reality is what it's going to take to get there is far more than you, than you have any idea. It really is. But the way it works is you fall in love with the journey and the journey creates the person who is strong enough to have done and to do and to organically accomplish that goal. You're refined through the journey. And that's why it's so important that you hold on, that you hold on beyond the ability of your physical body, beyond the ability of everything that you have. And all you have is your will at times that just says, don't give up, put one foot in front of the left, the other one, left, right, left, right. And you just keep going. If you can talk with cowards and keep your virtue, if you can talk with cowards and keep your virtue, don't talk bad about people behind their back. If you can, you can, you can interact with those cowards and keep your blade clean. If you can walk with Kings, nor lose the common touch. This is huge. If you can, even especially in EP, you know, when you're walking with your clients, your celebs, your VIPs, your billionaires, but don't forget where you come from. Don't start thinking it's you because you're still the help. Don't start, uh, you know, letting your ego inflate you so that you lose touch with where you come from, lose touch with who you are, lose touch with, you know, those people that are in line online with you. Stay grounded. Never forget where you come from. Never forget why you're doing it. You know, why do you want to be strong? I'm strong to help others. I'm strong mentally, emotionally, and physically and spiritually in order to contribute. And if you don't believe me and you want to turn your nose up at that, just, just follow me. Just follow me. Literally, just follow me on social media and follow me here on this podcast. And you're just going to have a hard time ignoring the consistency of that. I've been doing this for 10 years. I love contributing on a high level. That is what I'm all about. I want, when I die, for people to be like, yo, you know what? Whether Byron makes it and, 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 and does all these spectacular things in the world knows about him or whether he doesn't, that dude was a giver. Like he put out, like he gave, he contributed on a high level. Every industry he was in, he contributed on a high level. Uh, he may not have been the best at this, that, and the next thing, but he contributed all the time. That's what I'm about. You know what I'm saying? But anyways, back on topic. And then you got to figure out what you're about in order for, to unlock genuine fulfillment, genuine happiness. You have to, you have to do that. You know what I'm saying? So walk with Kings, nor lose the common touch. If neither foes, nor loving friends can hurt you if all men count with you, but none too much. One of my favorite lines, man, because your foes will try to hurt you. They're not the dangerous ones because you're at war with them. But friends, they're the dangerous ones. They can't hurt you. They are, you are most vulnerable to them and they will hurt you. They will turn on you. Human beings are fallible, imperfect creatures. Therefore, um, it's inevitable that they're going to fail. It's inevitable that they're going to uh, attack you. It's inevitable that they're going to break down. And on this journey, you know, especially if you start really doing something big, something amazing, something valuable, you're going to you're going to become a target to people that both people you love and people you hate. It's really going to be it might be surprising for you. So, if neither fools nor loving friends can hurt you. And you know you get to this place eventually where it's not about them, man. It's not about any of them. You start to realize that your life is about you becoming the best you can be and giving on the highest level you can give. And so it stops being about your enemies. It stops being about haters. Haters like don't even exist. It stops being about um, your friends and kicking in and kickers. It starts really being about you unlocking your potential all the time as best and as often as you can. And as you start focusing inward on unlocking your potential, and you need to do it, you have to do it, the world's counting on you to do it, people that don't even know you are counting on you to do it, your family's counting on you to do it, you were literally sent here to the planet, in my opinion, to do it. You know, you find that you find yourself in a place where friends and, and, and foes both, they really can't hurt you as much because you're, you're, you're doing everything you're doing 
to get to that place, to unlock that potential. And if all men count with you, but none too much, you're going to get forsaken. You're going to be left. This road is lonely. You're going to get up before everyone. You're going to go to bed after everyone. People are going to look at you and call you crazy. They're not going to understand you because it is so easy nowadays to be a coward. It is, it is, it is socially acceptable. It is relevant. It is progressive to just be a coward, to be a couch potato, not going after your purpose, your destiny, trying to create a deliberate future. It is just, it's cool even to, to just be a bump on a log, to just go get your big goat from 7-Eleven and hang out. Like when you get up early on Sundays and Saturdays, oh, you're going to the range early on Saturday. <laughs> no way, dude, not me, man. I'm just going to hang out. I'm going to chill. I'm going to sit here and be fat. And pretend like because once upon a time I was special forces or I was special this, that, and the next thing, that I'm still so good and so amazing. And I'm just gonna like just coast and I already did mine. Like I'm cool. Like I'm just gonna talk crap to you and never ever come to the range with you because secretly I'm scared. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> but it's cool to act like this. So no one really cares, no one's gonna say anything. Like this, and this is the EP industry right here. You know what I mean? Like, I invite dudes out every single time I go to the range. Crickets. I'm at Prado almost every single Saturday shooting the competition. Gun on my hip. You know what I'm saying? You want to hang out, come to Prado in, out in Corona, SoCal on a Saturday. You know what I'm saying? Message me on Instagram. I don't check my Facebook messages that much. Message me on Instagram or tag me under one of my pictures. And be like, yo, I'm going to be there on Saturday. Let's shoot. You know what I'm saying? I'm not that good. You know, I, I've never done this before. You mind just like hanging with me and, and put me through the paces. And I will literally during the competition be like, yo, roll with me. I'll show you the ropes. Take your time Do be safe no matter what. And we just walk you through it. You know what I mean? And if you're a gun ninja, then awesome. Go through it and kill the game. You know what I'm saying? Outshoot me. <laughs> you know what I mean, I'm competing. You know what I'm saying? Like uh, what we do is dangerous. It has to do with guns. So like, I don't understand why it's so hard to get dudes out on the block to shoot. You know what I'm saying? Um, I do understand why. I know exactly why. But it's sad. You know what I'm saying? We really got to work on managing healthy egos. Egos aren't bad. But when they start to stop you from doing things that will make you better at a uh, life and death, uh, de- death dealing craft, well, then you're not, you're not managing your ego properly. Now, if all men can't count with you, but none too much, listen, the reality is dudes are going to leave you. Dudes are going to make, pro- <gasps> make promises they can't deliver on. Teammates are going to run out on you. When it gets hard, they're going to leave you. And you have to maintain a certain type of confidence in yourself and knowing in yourself. It's like, you know what? No matter what happens, it's me and my God or just me or whatever you believe in. And I'm going to keep going. And I'm not going to make it because of them. I don't need them. I'm going to find a way or I'm going to make a way. But at the same time, you need all men to count with you. You need to love and respect and appreciate every single thing that every single one a person who's on your journey with you or teammate that you have is willing to give and contribute for the greater good of what you guys are trying to build. So all men count with you, even the little ones, man, even the guys that suck, the new guys, everybody, all men make, make sure just be default respectful. Make sure all of those guys count with you. You know, you never know who's going to save you, man, but none too much. So if they think they're ready to walk away, go ahead and look them right in their eyes and say, Hey man, if you feel like you got to walk away, walk away. I'm not putting a gun to your head. Don't beg. Tell them to walk, no matter how important they are. You know what I'm saying? Let them all count with you, but none too much. It's a big one. If you can fill the unforgiving minute with 60 seconds worth of distance run, homie, friends, loved ones, we all got one thing, maybe. And that's this 24-hour period that we're staring at. Oprah Winfrey got 24 hours, homie. Bill Gates got 24 Zuckerberg got 24. You know what I'm saying? Michael Jordan got 24 hours. Emmett Smith, he got 24 hours. Byron Rogers, 24 hours. Like I put myself in there for them. Anyways, uh, yeah, I mean, but like, you know what I'm saying? These guys, everybody, everybody. Think of everybody who's ever been a body who you've looked up to and thought about. 24 hours broken down into minutes, into seconds. This is a very powerful one, man. Nothing lasts forever. We're all going to die. We all got to die. I say it like this. You're dying to do everything you're doing right now. You're dying to listen to me right now. You're dying to go to work when you go to work. 
You're dying to talk to whoever you're talking to. You're dying to play Angry Birds or Mafia Wars on your cell phone right now. If that's what you're doing, pimp, you're dying for that. Why? Because during the time you're doing it, you're spending God's currency, which is time. And that time, that God's currency, you can never get it back. You just died. I'm dying while I'm talking to you right now. If you can fill the unforgiving minute, there's no forgiveness. You can't get any of these minutes back. I can't get any of these minutes back with 60 seconds worth of distance run with a dead sprint of productivity and do it as much and as often as possible. It's the most manly thing. It's the hardest thing. It's the bravest thing to continually do that. And to remember we could leave earth right now, homie. And I got to live in a way. I, I honestly, you know, I thank God for what happened to me in Iraq with like the near death experience and all that stuff. I honestly live my life in a way that if I got into an accident, I try to live my life in a way that if I got into an accident, you know, Boom. This time as I'm dying, I'm not regretting it. This time as I'm dying, I'm thinking, yo, I went as hard as I can. I went ham, straight ham sandwich every single day. That's why I carry this this medallion around, man. One of those little cheesy medallions that was on was bouncing around on uh Instagram. My buddy Caleb gave it to me. Um, but it's a tattoo I've been I've wanted for years. Memento Mori. You could leave life right now. So fill the unforgiving minute with 60 seconds worth of distance run. If you can fill the unforgiving minute, unforgiving minute with 60 seconds worth of distance run, yours is the earth and all that's in it. And what's more, you'll be a man, my son. If you can do all those things, then you'll be a man. And being a man and here, you know, or be a woman, like be self-actualized really, you know, but being a man is like, I can talk about that because I know it because I am one. Not being a male, there's a big difference these days. Lots of males running around, less men. But you got to be all things to all people. You know, you got to be strong. You got to be sensitive. You got to be understanding. You got to be bring accountability. You got to bring discipline. You got to provide. You got to protect. You got to work harder than anyone will ever work in their entire life with less recognition, less honor. While they take you for granted, talk crap about you and stay at home and take your money. You know what I mean? But it's our mantle what we're designed to do. Yeah, some of us made tactical errors, but what's a man to do? Man's gotta do what a man's gotta do. So you gotta you gotta prioritize, execute, control what you can control, and continue moving forward. So I wanted to show you this poem because I just believe that it has so many amazing things in it. And it's called If by Rudyard Kipling. I'm sorry, I'm probably butchering his name. Yeah, by Rudyard Kipling. I'll probably post the uh, YouTube video that I usually listen to and watch with it. But here it is from start to finish. If you can keep your head when all about you are losing theirs and blaming it on you. If you can trust yourself when all men are doubting, but make allowances for their doubting too. If you can wait and not be tired by waiting or being lied about, don't deal in lies or being hated. Don't give way to hating, and yet don't look too good nor talk too wise. If you can dream and not make dreams your master, if you can think and not make thoughts your aim, if you can meet with triumph and disaster and treat both of those impostures just the same, if you can bear to hear the truth you've spoken twisted by knaves to make trapping for fools, or watch the things you've given your life to broken and stoop down and build them back up with worn out tools. If you can make one heap of all your winnings and risk it on one turn of pitch and toss and lose and start again and start again at your beginnings and never breathe a word about your loss. If you can force your heart and nerve and sinew to to serve your turn long after they are gone. Keep working long after they're gone. And so hold on when there is nothing in you except the will which says to them, hold on. If you can talk with crowds and keep your, and keep your, if you can talk with cowards and keep your virtue or walk with kings nor lose the common touch. If you can, if, if neither fools nor love, loving friends can hurt you, if all men count with you, but none too much, 
if you can fill the unforgiving minute with 60 seconds worth of distance run. Yours is the earth and everything that is in it. And which is more, you will be a man, my son. Boom. Yo, also, real quick, before I'm out of here, we got some live, we got a live event coming up. Check the Executive Protection Lifestyle website out, executiveprotectionlifestyle.com to check out the live event we've got coming, man. It's going to be awesome. Uh, and also um, support us on Patreon, obviously. We really appreciate you guys. It's helping us out a lot. We got some great uh, guests that are going to be here, some folks that have been on the show. One guy who hasn't been yet, but he's going to be on pretty soon. Um, there's some awesome stuff coming down the line. So I want to let you guys know about that. Um, tell your friends about the podcast. Let's get the word out. You know, let's make sure the people that, you know, people that you love are benefiting from the information here because it's going to help keep them safe as well. And, um, you know, thanks so much, you guys, for your participation. I will see y'all on the next video. Talk soon. Boom. And to support this podcast, go to executiveprotectionlifestyle.com and contribute to our Patreon account. That Patreon account is what helps me make this podcast possible, contributing to this brand, what we're doing here, making it so that I can bring better guests on, making it so that we can plan more events and just expand the contribution to the private security industry and also to make an America a safer place by teaching people how to protect themselves and the mindset behind that, the lifestyle behind that. You guys are already killing it. $1 a month, $5 a month, 10 bucks a month, 20 bucks a month, whatever you can do that you know you would probably just lose in the mattress anyway or spend on McDonald's. Hey, you want to put it towards something that's going to good use? Put it towards a podcast and get involved in our, our Patreon account at executiveprotectionlifestyle.com. And if you want to find me, that's byronrogersmotivation.com. Um, you know, do whatever you can, contribute whatever you can to that Patreon account because it makes all of these things possible, ladies and gentlemen. So much love. Thank you, thank you, thank you, and thank you for making those contributions. You guys rock. We're already doing amazing there, and it's just because of you guys. So thanks once again for those contributions. Boom. I hope you guys enjoyed that episode of Executive Protection Lifestyle Podcast. This whole entire thing actually just started off as a Facebook group that blew up and is one of the fastest growing, if not the fastest growing executive protection uh, Facebook group online. So if you haven't joined the Facebook group, join the Facebook group. Uh, follow us on Instagram and check us out at executiveprotectionlifestyle.com. If you want to find me, that's byronrogersmotivation.com. And I'm on all the social media platforms, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook as well. So until the next podcast, y'all, stay sharp out there. And as I say it, one mind, many weapons. Talk soon. Out.